egg indefinitely. These emotional dry benders often led straight to the refrigerator. Other kinds of disturbances, jealousy, envy, self-pity, or hurt pride, did the same thing. A spot check inventory taken in the midst of such disturbances can be a very great help in quieting stormy emotions. Today's spot check finds its chief application to situations which arise in each day's march. The consideration of long-standing difficulties had better be postponed, when possible, to times deliberately set aside for that purpose. The quick inventory is aimed at our daily ups and downs, especially those where people or new events throw us off balance and tempt us to make mistakes. Our first speaker this morning is Barbara from Sacramento, who will speak for 25 minutes. Good morning. I'm Barbara from Sacramento, and I am a compulsive overeater. Okay, y'all are awake now, right? It is. We've had the coffee. We're ready. I'm, I'm very happy to be here in Long Beach and to be at uh, another Region 2 Overeaters Anonymous Convention. Um, a year ago at this time in Sacramento, um, many people would have suggested that I needed medication uh, because the convention was up in Sacramento, and I got to work on the committee up there. Um, but this morning, it's been, a, it's been a wonderful change of pace, as it were, because I've gotten to enjoy all the service that everyone else is doing here in Long Beach. Just to qualify, um, I have been coming to Overeaters Anonymous since October 7, 1995, and I've been abstinent since October 8, 1995. I went on my last binge after my first meeting. Um, that's what you have did to me. Uh, I went and... Um, Went to a birthday party for a one-year-old and ate about four people's worth of food, did some other behavior that just wasn't really good or healthy for me, and, uh, and went home. Um, there's a long story in there about playing with a handgun, uh, putting the handgun down, and going to bed, and sleeping and waking up and having breakfast, and then having the rest of my day, and then having lunch, and then having the rest of my day, and having dinner, and going to bed and wondering what the heck just had happened because I had eaten three meals with no desserts and I wasn't quite certain what had just happened to me uh, and I didn't necessarily like it because it's not something, it wasn't a diet which I was used to. And uh, from that day forward, I've had abstinence and uh, I will tell you, um, some people say, well, you're looking, you just got it. And I say, yes, I am. I am very lucky. I did get it. But every day I have to ask for it. Every day I have to get on my knees and extend my hands in prayer. And that's what I do every morning. And I put my hands palm up because at the foot of my bed is the gift of abstinence. wrapped beautifully. This morning it was in pink and a little marine, you know, sea green marine color. And that was my gift of abstinence. And I had to extend my hand to receive it. That's what I get every day. Now, some days it comes in a simple brown paper wrapper, and, and some days it's wrapped in newspaper, and some days it's got bows all over it, and it's an easy, wonderful day. I'm the kind of compulsive reader just to let you know that I ate from the time I woke up until the time I went to sleep, which means there were crumbs in my bed. I, I stole food, um, which isn't necessarily a good thing when you're an uh, officer of the court and prosecute people for stealing. 
I stole money to get to vending machines. Um, I, you know, extended the five-second rule to the five-minute rule uh, for food that fell to the floor. And I got up to over 220 pounds. And the good news for me today is that I'm maintaining a 60-65 pound weight loss, and all the clothes in my closet fit me today. And I will tell you that I never would have thought I would do a daily 10th step, ever. Not my first year, not my second year. We discussed it and went through the steps. I believe I thought a spot check inventory was perfectly fine. That was, I could just assess, okay, I think I'm wrong. And, and that's what I did for about the first nine years. And um, I learned a lot about the 10 steps through those nine years of not doing a written one. Um, I was able to quickly say I'm sorry, which wasn't really a true amends. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that. I learned quickly to know when that feeling of, I don't know if you guys experienced this, but ick, that internal cringe factor, that when you see that person again, you kind of want to get back on the elevator. Or maybe you want to go into the bathroom even though you don't need to go there because, oh, there's something not right with that person. And when you're abstinent and you don't have something right with somebody, it's just not a fun feeling. It's not a fun feeling at all. And those, that's when I knew that there had to be something more than just a spot check inventory. And then I would call a sponsor who would make me write. I didn't know I was doing a 10 step. And then I would call her back with what I had written and having, uh, found, hopefully have found a part, then be able to go and make amends or get rid of that ick, whatever it was I had to do. Sometimes it was just stop gossiping about the person, which was my favorite pastime. Um, you know, I gotta tell you upstairs, I, uh, I always pray before I come in and do these things, um, and I ask God for humility uh, and, and faith that he would um, give me some words to say, because I have a plan, and I, I, I wrote down some little you know, bullet points, and I told God this was my plan. I hoped it was ours, and if there was anything he wanted to add, if he could just put it down here and highlight it. Um, and it feels, I don't know, today it feels a little bit odd um, standing here. I, I would, I will tell you a couple of things I've learned about the 10 step. The first one is, it's like getting my gas tank filled every night before I go to bed. If I don't do it, it's like, well, I wear underwear every day. Some of you, that may be optional, but it's like leaving the house without underwear for me. It's like going to sleep without having brushed my teeth, which I did for so many years before I got into, into recovery. But, and it's uncomfortable for me to go to bed without brushing my teeth now at night. It's uncomfortable for me to not do my 10 step. And, um, you know, I don't know how you folks were when you did your fourth step. Did you have to find the perfect binder, notebook, the really good pen, the right color ink, and then the right place to do it? And if all of those things came together, then you could do a fourth step? Well, I guess that's how it was for me. I got smarter with the 10 step, and I just went out and bought the 99 cent book. And, um, and I, this is what I do with them every day. The first one I got, it had the name, class, and level, and I put Barbara. The class was life, and the level was beginner. And that's how I started writing my first 10 step. Uh, and I started writing June 1st of last year, a month before, a month and a half before the convention came to Sacramento. And I happened to have been the chair of that convention committee, and I had started uh, putting weight on slowly. And that's just, I mean, you talk about pride and ego. That's not really cool, putting weight on your chair of the committee, and you're working with uh, 25 people putting the committee on. And I couldn't figure out what to do. 
because I had to do something. Maybe I needed to go on a diet. Maybe I needed to um, uh, stop eating these foods. Or I just came to all these plans, and my sponsor took me aside, far aside, away from the maddening crowd, and she said, so how is your spiritual condition? Shut up. That's not action. That's sitting still. That's being quiet with God, and I don't really have time for that. And she said, well, you know, Barbara, the purpose of a 10th step, which I'm going to suggest to you, as I'm just rolling my eyes like a four-year-old, is a daily that offers you a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of your spiritual condition. You know, and these are words I had heard many times before. They're in the, 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 I think it's the big book of AA 12, it's the big book. And, um, and I said, fine. So here I was at nine years abstinent, and what I had been doing was in the workplace, I had changed jobs several times. I had gone through many difficulties. My father had died. I was accused of misconduct on the job, criminal and administrative misconduct. I had a different job at that point. Um, I was off work. I was back at work. I had a new job. I was being sought. And there were personalities wherever I went. And wherever there were personalities, there was me. And I've come to find out I'm a tremendous judger of people. And I'm not a kind judger of people. If you don't speak the way I want to understand you, I will judge you harshly. If you're ditzy, I don't have time for this. If you're not efficient, you're wasting my time. So you can see I'm pretty judgmental and close off. And so I have to learn patience, tolerance, kindness, and love. And I'm going to tell you, I've got all that going on on the outside, but inside I'm sitting there going, you are not doing it right. And that's the voices that are going on in my head, at, that were going on at nine and eight, eight and nine years abstinent. And when Carol last night was saying, if you're under ten years, you're still a newcomer, yeah. I, you know, when I was six and seven and you said that, it really pissed, it irritated me. And... Um, you can't swear till the afternoon in Long Beach. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I've come to understand. I, I'm continuing to learn more and more about myself. It's, it's an amazing thing. So here I was, and I was asked to take some action and to write this 10 step, to, to continue to do my spot check inventory. And you know when a spot check inventory comes in very handy for me, and I don't know if it does for you, but that's on the freeway. Let them merge or not. I'm a feeling spot check, kind, loving, tolerant. Let them merge. You know, that's the kind of thing I have to go through moment by moment on a daily basis. Someone's irritating the crap, um, the crap out of me uh, at work, and I and I, I used to uh, interrupt them and stop them, and now I lean in and I cock my head and I listen, and I'm not really listening, quite frankly, but I am praying which is a lot better than interrupting them and telling them to stop, which I can do in my position at my job. It's not polite, it's not nice, but I have the authority to do it. I've become a different person because of doing a 10-step, by having this daily connection with God, getting my tank filled up every day. Actually, I'm cleaning the air filter. I'm, getting, I'm trying to get rid of the actions and conduct of the day. So now I was, she said, Barbara, just start writing your 10-step. I don't want to. I know. Go ahead and do it anyway. So I went out and got the book, and I wrote down June 1st. And I decided to start writing down my food as well. 
so that I could have, and that's what you do as a newcomer. You don't do it at nine years abstinent. But there was an action of humility for me to start writing again like I did. Like, Because when I came into this program, I did it like my hair was on fire. I walked around with every book, every piece of literature in a canvas bag. You had a question I could find the answer for you. I was going to seven to ten meetings a week. I was filling pages with everything that I was thinking. Because that's where I spent all my time, thinking. And then I discovered I had feelings. So then I started writing about all my feelings. In the first two years, I was on fire. But then you got, it worked so well, I stopped doing it. And, uh, and so I, I, I did other things. I got into service. I started uh, enjoying the fellowship. I kept going to meetings. And it was working. It was working. And changes were happening. And then, like I said, I was working with 25 other compulsive overeaters last year for a year and a half. And on some days, I was a spiritually sick one. And on other days, it might have been one or two others. And um, so I started writing. And I didn't want to get fat again. It's my biggest fear. i got to tell you, I live daily with the fear of putting all that weight on because I know how to diet. And I lost every pound that I could once, and I put everything on with the bonus rebate plan. You know, lose 40, put on 50. Lose 10, put on 40. And it was like the stock market. I just kept going up. And I'm so afraid. I live with that fear. It's kind of an absence of faith. Maybe it's ego. I acknowledge it today. So here I am. I'm right in this 10th step. And I think I'm doing great. I'm writing about my feelings. I'm writing about how this person pissed me off. How I have felt, you know, I'm angry and justified anger. Yeah, that's really good. And I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm writing these things and I'm writing their part in my 10th step. I'm writing their part. You know, you kind of have to write their part before you get to your part, but I'm writing as quick to my part as I could. So I started reading the 10 steps to sponsors and to free sponsors and whatever. And I started calling my food in every day. All of these acts of humility and, and I was gently steered, sometimes slapped in the back of the head, but most often gently steered. And what was your part, Barb? And so I got readjusted on how to write my 10th step. And suddenly it became much shorter because I got to say, this is what I did today. And I realized it wasn't a 10th step of feelings. It was a 10th step of an examination of my actions, of my conduct. How was I selfish, dishonest? What resentment did I have? What fears was I carrying? And, you know, since coming into OA, I, I, when I walked into these rooms, I would have told you. I would have stood with my chin out, my shoulders back, and told you I was fearless. I had a black belt in karate and taught self-defense. I knew how to shoot a gun very accurately from 7 to 30 feet. I knew how to take care of myself. I knew how to change my own oil in my car. I was independent, self-reliant, and there wasn't anybody that could hurt me. There wasn't anybody that could tell me I was doing it wrong because I was smart. I would, and I wouldn't have told you quite that frankly, but that's what I was thinking. And when I came in here and I started listening and I realized I was nothing but a ball of fear, constant and consistent every day of my life. They're going to find out I'm a fraud. They're going to find out I'm not smart enough. They're going to catch me in a mistake. I'm going to be embarrassed. Fear was what ran through my blood 
constantly. And so I, when I got to this 10 step over a year ago, what comes up again? Fear for me. Fear of being caught, of being a fraud, of not doing my job well enough, of being fired. Have you ever heard of a state employee being fired? <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> and so as I started doing this 10 step, I became aware of all of my fears one more time. Because, you know, when you get all well and wonderful, well, I don't know, when I got all well and wonderful, my life got good. And I was able to set aside or disregard or be in denial about the things running through the undercurrent of my life. What kept me from doing certain things. And what I know about the 10th step is it allows me to grow in understanding and living an effective life. It allows me to be in relationship with you. So here I am. I'm writing the 10th step. And I've got to tell you, for the most part, it's all about my feelings at the beginning. And I don't know if you uh, read the Voices of Recovery. I had an aha moment in May of this year as I was coming upon the anniversary of writing my 10 steps. And it was on May 28th, and it talks about the difference between an inventory of conduct, self-examination, versus an inventory of feelings and thoughts, self-awareness. And you know that little phrase in one of the pieces of literature that says self-awareness avails us nothing or self-knowledge avails us nothing? Well, I can identify all my feelings now and emotions. I'm afraid, I'm angry, I'm upset, I'm embarrassed, I'm hurt. But I wasn't going to the next thing of how I gossip to get back to them or I, I manipulated the situation so I could come out on top or how I put myself at the front of the line. I didn't examine any of those things and I was starting to feel like, hmm with the youngsters in the room, and, um, and so there I was, feeling, I'm at nine plus years abstinent, and I'm feeling like a piece of poo. What was going on? And that's when the whole shift in the 10 step occurred for me. And, and I write it at night now, and like last night, I was exhausted. I haven't been home but for three days. I haven't slept in my own bed for three, except for three days since June 22nd. And uh, so I've been with family in Maine for a week. That's a good, that's worth a whole notebook of 10 steps. Uh, my mother, uh, my father died almost three years ago. My mother has met someone her age, a nice fellow, and is engaged. And he's going to get married at 72. And they're living together. And I need therapy about that. And, um, and he wants to be my stepfather. And well, no. Sorry, that's why I don't need you for that, but you can be my mother's husband. Uh, three steps. How can I be nice? Because this man has been very loving to my mother. And my mother is like being like a freaking teenager with him. So there's ten steps. What are, and, and what is driving that? Fear. Fear that I'm being disrespectful. I found out. It was fear about being disrespectful to my father. To, to not holding his memory the right way. Should I allow this to, should I, I allow this to happen? Um, my brother and how he's raising his son. I have opinions. And how many children do you have, Barbara? Oh, that's right, I don't. So I don't have an opinion because I don't have experience. And I get to write down about my fears and about what may be happening to my nephew and how I'm powerless over it. And that's, that's fear, being powerless. So when I got to come home from Maine, I, and I got to tell you, I had to stop on the county road on the way down, and um, 
in the middle of the road because there's a moose in the middle of the road. And she wasn't moving. She was, until she was ready. And it was about five or ten minutes and about twenty cars waiting for the moose to move. And finally, she moved because there was no grass in the road and at her time. And so she moved off the road and we got to move on. And then five days later, I'm driving in downtown L.A. You talk about, you know, possibly needing medication and uh, having never driven in L.A. before. And I came down to a two, a three-day wedding, a, a three-day wedding, a Pakistani, Latino, Christian, Muslim, agnostic wedding that I attended and uh, with food coming out of your ears and friends and single. And we were a single person with all of my friends. I'm going to let you know there were a few tanks up there. Fear of being alone, fear of being, oh, I, I hate telling you this, fear of being pitied. That's self-centered thinking, by the way, that they're all thinking about me being single. But um, I'll tell, I mean, I, where else am I going to tell this story? It's, I'm not going to tell it out there. Only to you. So I got to write pages and pages about fear and being alone. And what does that mean? What actions do I want to take? And what actions don't I want to take? And what fear do I want to live in? Or do I want to live in the faith that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be today? Which I really don't like, quite frankly. I'm going to be honest with you. When someone tells me you're right where you're supposed to be, they better be standing more than arm's length from me. Because that's a, that's a harsh reality on some days for me. Because when the feelings are up or when the fears are up, um, or when someone tells me you're going to have to forgive that person. But yeah, they did all... And, Barbara, if you don't have a part, you can't change. If you can't change, you're screwed. You're going to eat. And I have to be reminded that at nine years absent. I have to be reminded of that. It's a spiritual axiom, it says in the AA uh, 12 and 12 where this reading comes from, that every time we are disturbed, no matter what the cause, there is something wrong with us. Justified anger and self-righteous anger don't work for us. We, you know, you got your normal friends, you got your normies, you know, the ones that they threw in the plate. Um, they can have justified anger, and they seem to be okay with it. Me, I put miracle glow on it, it lives rent free in my head, I have to get four lawyers and a sheriff's deputy to evict it, and so it, it takes weeks and months if I don't get it right away. And so the gift of the 10 step for me is I get to do spring house cleaning every night. And I gotta tell you, I have to make it easy because once I'm laying back on the pillow, I really don't want to start writing. But I, I turn over on my side and I just go. And what I've learned, and I learned this from Sponsee actually just recently, some days I have been quite nice. More often than not, I've been of service, I've been kind, and I've been tolerant. So I learned from Sponsee, write a gratitude list. Because you know what? You don't have to write your poopoo head list every day. And when I do write the negatives and when I write that the conduct wasn't as, as God would have it, I write down the contrary actions, not the contrary concepts. I can spend a lot of time in my little ivory tower. What's the opposite of being selfish or selfless? And I can justify almost any actions being selfless. Well, it's, it's bull. I need mean, it's not right. I have to just come up with actions. I'm, I'm a very visual person. I will not gossip. I will let three people, I will give three compliments out today to people who do not deserve it. 
I will give three compliments because they deserve it. I will thank someone for helping me, and I will ask for help twice today when I get all arrogant and all up inside my own head because it's very easy for me. It's very easy for me to get there. And in closing, I just want to tell you, this is in our, um, I believe it's in our board today, I think it's in one of the 12 and 12s, that repetition is the only form of permanence in nature that, that nature can achieve. And I want to tell you that permanence is the only thing, um, repetition is the only thing that brings permanence in my life. If I don't do the 10th step, if I don't get something down, whether good day, done, just something, I'm, not, I'm breaking the chain. I'm breaking the chain of what has kept me abstinent. And if I have to do this to not compulsively overeat one more day, I'm going to do it. I do not want to go back to where I was, where I was stealing food, stealing money, eating four to eight meals a day, and just chowing and wondering when my thighs were going to stop bleeding because I was having to walk in nylons in 100 degree heat my workplace. I didn't want to have another knee surgery. I didn't want to have to go to the store one more time and buy clothes because I had gone up another size. And that's what, if this is what I have to do, if it's going to meetings, if it's sponsoring people and being sponsored, and if it's writing a bloody 10 step every night, then I guess that's what I'm going to do until I don't want to do it anymore or until I don't think I have to and then I'll have a sponsor remind me that I have to. I'm a rebellious, self-determined, self-reliant, compulsive overeater. I'm just, I'm, I'm three decisions away from being over 220 pounds again. So I need to stay five decisions back from that. I really do. And that 10-step helps me. And when it's a wacky 10-step, I call my sponsor with it. That's what I got on the 10-step. I pay attention, I listen to what people with more time have to say, and you know what? I listen to people with less time because they're the bright lights in my life. They, they're the ones that are reminding me, keeping the memory clean of what I used to do when I was one and two years abstinent. And I, at almost ten years, I better be willing to do that because that's the humility that I need. That's all I got today. I hope there's something in there for you, and I hope you have a great convention here at the Harbor of Recovery. Thanks. Thank you very much, Barbara. Would somebody like to circulate the Ask It basket, please, before I introduce our second speaker? If something came up during that show and you'd like to write a question for our speakers, then you can jot it down on the card and we'll collect them later. Our second speaker is Randy from Los Angeles, who will speak for 25 minutes. To get the numbers out of the way, I waddled into my first Arenas Anonymous meeting on March 4th of 1976. I don't know what my top weight was because when the scale hit 200 pounds, I stopped weighing myself because uh, I just couldn't face reality. And um, that started like a 10-month eating binge. I only ate one meal a day from the time I got up in the morning until the time I got went to bed at night. 
And um, I walked into my first meeting. There were almost 200 people there. I sat in the back, totally freaked out. Um, but somehow, through that first meeting, a couple of things really hit me. The first thing was that I had a disease, which I instinctively knew from the time I was a child. Um, by the way, when I walked into my first meeting, I was only about 23 years old. Um, I heard I had a disease, and all of a sudden, like this whole weight came off my shoulders. And um, I also heard that I wasn't alone anymore. The third thing that I heard was that all I had to do was do it today. And all of a sudden, I guess that I walked in with the gift of desperation, that I was desperate enough that if you told me to jump off a cliff, I would jump off the cliff. So I got abstinent that night, March 4th of 76, and I've been abstaining for mm, about 29 years and some months. Uh, I've been maintaining probably about 50 or 60 pound weight loss, except for the times I was pregnant. Um, but that is a miracle in and of itself, that when I first came into this, um, when I first came into OA, I thought I would get skinny and dump my husband because he wasn't good enough for me. Uh, P.S. We will celebrate our 32nd anniversary in about a month. Um, and it's kind of funny because the more I abstain, the more I focus on his good qualities. Um, he can be a challenge to live with. But through this program and through the con constant practicing of Step 10, I come to realize, you know, not too bad after all. Um, but being in an ongoing relationship is like the last thing on my mind. Having children was totally foreign to me. And P.S., I have, I've had two children in this program abstaining through two pregnancies. My kids are now 24 and 17 and neither one of them are compulsive overeaters. So, you know, the fact that, and I have a lot of compulsive overeating in my family, the fact that through, through the example of this program, I feel like in a way that through the grace of God, I've saved these kids, or these kids have not had to experience the hell that I went through. And you know, it's funny. I almost said I saved these kids. So if you think the ego is gone all the time, forget it, guys. Um, but when I got my first sponsor that first night of abstinence, she said to me, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to write down your food, and you're going to write for 20 minutes a day. And as far as I said, well, write down my food, you know, what's that? She said, well, at the time, there were two food plants. One was gray, one was orange. And I took a look at the gray one, and I said, I don't think so, because um, I was always looking for the easier, softer way. 
but I'm forever grateful to that first sponsor because she told, she taught me that uh, that in order to recover, I needed to write every day. And Barbara, by the way, thank you. You pretty much told my story, um, which if you keep coming to meetings, I'm sure that you will hear elements of your story a hundred times over. For the first, who knows how many years, I did that religiously. I wrote every day. And a lot of the writing was what I was feeling, um, me, me, me. And um, what's kind of interesting is that around a year, I started to get really cocky. And um, I... I go back to this 10th step today and I kind of laugh because I referred to my character defects in the past tense, um, that I was an egomaniac, I was fearful, and then all of a sudden about a year, fast forward a year later, I began to, I was at my goal weight and eventually I was crazier than a loon. And that's when I realized that without constant inventory, without a daily 10th step, I would very quickly go back to where I was before. And it, on page 86 of the big book, it's very, very specific on, um, on what the format should be. It says, when we retire at night, we constructively review our day. To me, constructively is looking at both the good parts of my day and the bad parts of my day. Because given any situation, I'm going to focus on the bad. I'm not going to focus on the good. I will focus on the bad both in terms of what everybody else did because... It's real tough for me to focus on what I did. Um, but I need to look at both sides of the ledger when I do my 10th step. It goes on to say, were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? Do we owe an apology? Have we kept something to ourselves that should be discussed with another person? Were we kind and loving toward all? What could we have done better? Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time? Or were we thinking of what we could do for others, of what we could pack into the stream of life? But we must not, but we must be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection. For that would diminish our usefulness for others. After making our review, we ask God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measures should be taken. And it's very simple. And um, so in my 10th step, I pretty much keep to that format. And boy, you know, it's almost like when you, uh, the best way to learn why you eat was to stop eating. The best way to learn about my, my character defects is the 10th step. Um, and I learned more about the fact that 
I was resentful. I knew that I was fearful coming into this program. And I knew that fear ruled my life. Uh, on my job, I actually lied my ass off because I was afraid of not being perfect. Uh, I was so afraid of making a mistake that I didn't risk anything. Um, in my first year of abstinence, I, through the strength of this program, I incurred a really big risk, and that was totally changing my career. Um, and the, I wasn't really in a career prior to this. I had a job. Um, but I never really had any direction on what I wanted to go. Through the 10th step, I realized that I had, a, I had something that I really, really wanted to do. And it's funny because um, when I came into my first meeting, I was afraid of people horrendously. I was afraid to look you in the eye. I was afraid to string two sentences together. I always had to censor what I would say to people. And through my 10th step, I realized that when I'm censoring, to a certain extent, I am robbing people of knowing who Randy is. Um, so there are times when I really need to, um, where I need to be honest through my 10th step, honest with another person. And if I'm not, that's something I've got to deal with and take corrective measures about. But um, through this 10th step, I realized that I needed to change my career. And my career today has a lot to do with I deal with the public all the time. I give up and I get up and I give presentations to, you know, sometimes a couple people, sometimes a couple of hundred people. And that's something I never would have been able to do except through the grace of God in this program. Um, and what I had to do, sometimes uh, right before I'll get up, uh, right before I get up to speak, I still may have to write a tenth step and say, I'm scared. What am I scared of? Um, what do I do differently? How do I do differently? And, you know, sometimes this spot check will just end with a prayer. Help me, God, or whatever. Whatever is my favorite mantra. Um, because when I say whatever, I'm letting go, and I'm letting God. Through my 10th step, I've come to uncover some fairly unpleasant things about myself. I, I knew I was fearful. What I didn't realize is that I'm a drama queen, and I'm a gossip. Um, and it's funny, and you know, talk about sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. It's only in the past couple of years that I've come to recognize that about myself. But um, the tenth step, what my sponsor taught me about the tenth step is that just like after step four, there's step 
five, six, seven, eight, and nine. What my sponsor has taught me to do with my tenth step is that after I take it, I do the same stuff that I do after an inventory, and that is recognizing my character defects. Where was I resentful? Where was I dishonest? Do I owe amends? And then making those amends. Um, and it turns out that the person I usually have to make the most amends to is me. Um, because, for example, if I had this humongo resentment against this guy I used to work with, um, and I kept focusing on his character defects instead of my own. And turns out I made some really nasty remarks about him to other people. Talk about humility. After a tense step, humility is apologizing to someone whose guts you can't stand because I because of my own character defects. But, you know, after I did it, it was like he kind of looked at me like I was the man in the moon, but that was okay because my side of the street was clean. Um, and in a way I look at tenth, my tenth step is like doing the dishes. I hate doing the dishes, but I like having a clean sink. So, I, I have two choices. I can either wait until the dishes pile up in the sink and then do the dishes, or I can make sure that the dishes are out of the sink at the end of each meal. And, you know, it's kind of, I don't do this perfectly. But it's kind of interesting how much, how much happier I am when at the end of each meal I make sure that the dishes are in the dishwasher and whatever pots and stuff like that are cleaned up. Um, it's kind of funny because now my latest career is that I'm in marketing so I draw all of these pretty pictures and this is kind of the one that I give, actually because I drew this picture for one of the presentations that I have, I'm having to do uh, with respect to work. And it's like time is one axis and the effect on my serenity is the other axis. And I've got this arrow drawing. And it never fails for me that the longer the time between something happening and the spot check, the bigger the effect on my serenity is. So I need to catch things. The sooner I catch things, the sooner I can figure out what my side of the street is what are my character defects, and the sooner I can take corrective action on these things. Um, and 
I don't know, you know, how much more that I have to say about the tenth step, though there are some things in the reading that really, really popped out at me. Um, the difference between justified and unjustified anger and our wrath was always justified. That was, it was like everybody did it to me. Um, and the second, I'd like to talk a little bit about the second half of step 10. We talk a lot about the spot check. We talk about continued to take personal inventory. But the second half is, and when we were wrong, promptly, promptly admitted it. Um, and for me, realizing that I was wrong about something was really tough and continues to be very tough for me because when I'm wrong, admits, number one, I'm not perfect. And that's something that's very tough for me to, um, to think about, that I'm not perfect because that kind of breaks years and years of training because when I was growing up, I was taught that I had to be perfect that my parents had the perfect relationship, my, they never made mistakes, um, but when I was wrong, that means that I'm human. And uh, one of the things, one of the biggest gifts of this program is to recognize the fact that I am human, that it's okay to kind of get rid of the sledgehammer and not beat myself up so much because when I'm wrong, I have a way to go and that is to promptly admit my mistakes. And these days, it gets easier and easier and most days, um, if I'm wrong about something, I'll go, all right, I, you know, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Um, sometimes even if I think I'm right, I'm right. Um, um, to not apologize for it. Um, to do, there are times when I've had differences of opinion with people, particularly at work, um, where I feel that I know it all. And uh, just recently, a couple of days ago, I got an email from someone that I thought was a bunch of BS. And someone else who was copied on that email sent me an email and said, did you run this past somebody, another one of our coworkers, to, just to, uh, verify that what this person was saying was either good information or bad information. Well, my first reaction was, wow, um, how dare you ask me to run it past somebody else? But after about five minutes, I realized that 
you know, I was wrong. This person, even if, quote unquote, they don't know better than I do, they might provide me with some insight that I didn't think of before. And um, I'll wrap it up by saying that, um, to me, the tenth step is invaluable. Um, and focusing it on, not on my feelings or my thoughts or my whatever, but sticking to what it says in the big book. Where was, what were my character defects? Identifying those character defects, making a plan of action to get rid of those character defects, and making amends. And with that, I'd like to thank you all for being here. Thank you very much, Randy. Now we have a few questions for, um, for Barbara and Randy. We have 10 minutes for questions from the Ask It Basket. Would anybody like to pass this around one more time in case something else occurred at the end? Okay. Okay. They'll each come up and read their question and answer. Timer. We have 10 minutes. We're small enough we can both stand the mic. <laughs> the first question is, um, what role does your spouse play in your daily 10 steps? Spouse or sponsor? Spouse or sponsor? You know what? It does say sponsor. So, good, because I don't have a spouse. I was yeah. going to say, move on. Um, what role does your sponsor play in your, thank you, daily 10 steps? I need better glasses, if any. Do you share your writings with others? And show how you do it. I, you know, I will tell you what I do. Just one thing I want to say. I think 10 steps is like, how many of you have a lawn? I show of hands. How do you have grass that you have to mow? I know some city dwellers don't, but okay. Here's the deal. you got to mow your lawn every week, mostly. And if you don't, and you wait a week, and you procrastinate, the lawn gets tall. And you say, you know what? It's such a big job. Ugh, I don't want to do it. And you wait. But see, you got to bring the goats in. You know? And so if you mow your lawn every week, it's not a big job. You just do it, and it gets done. For me, that's what a 10-step is, a lot like what you were saying, Randy. If you do it sooner with her, her chart, you know, my, my serenity is just going to go off the deep end if I don't take care of my problems quicker rather than, uh, sooner rather than later. So what I do, I put down the date. I have to start, when I start writing a 10-step, I have to start with something simple by rote. I put the date, I put the day, the name of the day. I put down, I look at the food that I had planned for the day, and I check to see if it was all there. And um, and then I write, the first thing I write, this was a good day. This was a bad day. This was an effed day. Or I am very tired. I just have to have something to start the pencil or pen moving on paper. That's how I start. I'll start with feelings, knowing full well I've got to get to my conduct. But if I can just get the ink coming out of the paper first, and I have to start with something that's easy. Do I tell my sponsor about it? I know exactly when I have to call my sponsor, when I don't want to call my sponsor. <laughs> and he, I know it. I don't know about you, but yeah. I, I know it. Yeah. And, you know, calling it your sponsor, 
for me, after five years of absence, calling my sponsor was an action of humility. Before it was desperation and necessity, and now it's become an action of humility, and I need more of it. And so I call my sponsor exactly when I know I need to. Um, so there you go. I, do I call every day with my 10 steps? No. Unless I'm working through a daily problem, work, or in a uh, romantic relationship or something like that. Your turn. What do you do? Okay. Um, I would say pretty similar. Um, my sponsor, I don't read everything to my sponsor, mm -hmm. but it invariably, when I call her, everything in my writing happens to come up in the course of the conversation. And, you know, like you, I'll start out with the day. I'll start out with checking over my food because I also, I write down my food for the next day the night before. Me too. And um, then I'll check my food because sometimes I find that I was getting into a habit of being dishonest with my food. <laughs> so I needed that check at the end of the day. I'm so glad at 26 years you do that. 29. 29. I'm so glad you do that. Um, and uh, do I share my writing with others? I used to, but um, then I found some, I found a lot of times that I I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was doing it because I wanted justification for my own actions. Or I was looking for someone to validate, you know, yes, they were wrong, you were right. Um, and so now, less and less. Um, as a matter of fact, what my sponsor has me do is she has me burn my 10 steps. Oh, I like this. Um, and... and we, I either burn it or I put it in the shredder. I'm going to write a novel on that. Okay. <laughs> so, um, one thing, I'll just, this is what it looks like. I put the day's date, like I said, the day, and this is the night before I'm writing the next day's food. And I've done that for like June 20th, and then I wrote, a good day. I'm hearing still lots to learn. I have a new job I'm in. About acting and reacting to people's statements and comments. My body language, facial expressions, and words are all a part of it. It is a judgment of them or what they're saying. More refinement needed. Motive to be good, not just right. Because um, I like to be right. <laughs> uh, but it did feel good to do a full day of work today. Um, it was an abstinent day, and that felt good. Thank you, God. I was very tired at night, so it was short. And, uh, and then after writing that, I, the next day I wrote down my food and got it ready to go on what I was going to eat the next day. That's a simple one that I would do. This is not brain surgery or rocket science. Yeah. Um, what's the next question? Okay, the next question is, what do you do with the resentment when you cannot discuss directly with the resentee? <laughs> it's a big boss. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I have I have many experiences with this because I tend to rebel against well authority that I don't think is smart enough. Hmm. 
that would be judgment. And um, I've had opportunities to deal with those resentments uh, both by talking directly to the big boss and by not. Um, first of all, I have to write. I have to write about how I'm being screwed over. I really do. In flowery, flowery detail, I get to swear my 10 steps um, excessively and, uh, and write about what a poo-poo head they are. And, and I get to do all of that, and I do it. And then I have to get to my part. And usually it's I'm not willing to submit to someone else's direction and authority. I'm an employee of service. Oh, they're gossiping about me. Or, you know, maybe they're inappropriately talking about personal issues. That's happened to me. And, um, and uh, uh, it's just I have to find my part and I have to find out what, what is it about them that I don't like that's in me. That's almost always the deal. If they are acting in a certain way, it's generally some way that I have been behaving myself in my life. Now, I have gone and talked to the big boss when um, he, uh, in fact, did not give me the job he promised me publicly, screwed me over, manipulated the situation, practiced sabotage on my career. I remember them vividly, although I've forgiven him. And... Um, and I didn't respect him, and he didn't take my counsel, which he hired me for. And I, uh, for four months, we could hardly breathe in each other's place. And if I ever do a nine-step pitch, I'd love this story. But I ended up, both sponsors and all the programs, and then said, if you don't do a ten-step on this, you're going to eat or drink. And, of course, my response was, I'm one on the phone, F you. And then the other one, I, just, I was living with her at the time because my, I hadn't bought a house yet, stormed off to my bedroom. And I did it that weekend, and it took me four days to get an appointment with the big boss, the executive director, because everyone was protecting him. I guess they thought I was a little angry. And uh, I finally went in to see him, and I said, and I never say I'm sorry. It's too easy for me. I was wrong. I behaved poorly and badly and unprofessionally. So I can tell you more about how I did that amend. But more often than not, I have to write an extensive 10-step about how they're screwing me over, what it is they're doing, what they're not doing right, and then find my part, and I usually have to do it with a sponsor. That's what I do with resentees and big bosses. Um, my experience was similar, only the person was not a big boss, but it was a, we were a tag team theoretically. Um, he was the account manager, and I was the technical expert. And, um, again, I, I would almost echo exactly what Barbara said. Um, I, had to, I had to write about it. I just had to write about it. And it started out with this person is a poop head. This person is unethical. Mm -hmm. um, the thing is that this person was unethical. Um, but then I had to go beyond it and look at what did I do. And what I did was I gossiped about them, um, and I, I badmouthed them to other people. And um, I had to go and I had to talk about it with my sponsor, 
and make and make amends, which was not pleasant. But I did it, and I had to let go of what that person's reaction was going to be. And we were told the time is up, so thank you for being here. I think we have individual shares now. Oh, let's see. Thank you. We will now have open sharing. We will have time for three shares. If you have already shared at another workshop, please give others a chance before you come forward. Limit your share to three minutes. Stay on the topic, which is tenth step, and sign the tape release form right here, little signature, after your share. Okay, timer, three minutes, three minutes, three different shares. Who's first? We can pick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jody from Parsons Leader. Hi, Jody. I had an interesting experience just yesterday, and I didn't really get to write about it, but I have a tenth step has been done, and God did for me what I wasn't sure. God, I just see a couple of familiar faces. <laughs> Um, um, over years anonymous lost my registration and when I came in yesterday uh, they weren't going to let me in kind of and at least that's how it felt at the time and um, my sponsor was with me and said I handled it well but I did not feel well about it and I was looking for uh, we've been going to a, a big an AA big book study but we've been doing a fourth step and Part of why I came to this is we were just going to start talking about the 10th step and I wanted to get the, you know, put it all together. But it was like this whole thing got straightened out by this morning. I was not in a good place when I got here yesterday and I felt very invalidated and I felt uh, very unwelcomed and like, don't they know who I am and all this stuff, you know. But I had kind I didn't get a chance to write about it because I, I didn't have uh, what I needed at home with me at the time. But I prayed about it. And um, I was going to do this writing when I got here, but all three people that I felt I owed some sort of amends to, um, I got to see this morning. And I just, what I did was I went up and hugged them and thanked them for giving service. And that I had was doing the footwork to get this straightened out. And um, because they were saying that it wasn't paid and I have proof that it was paid and they didn't like my proof and I just, you know, they're part of course. But it was such a relief. First of all, I got a good night's sleep last night and I helped to get here this morning. Talked to a couple of my kids that I was concerned about with, with some of the, why I was in a bad place. But um, just so that I was straightened out this morning before I had to come, you know, take it any further. And I was just really, really grateful. And so God did for me what I wasn't quite, hadn't done for myself yet, although I was in the process, and, and kept it very simple for me, and to see my part, but not to have to gravel, and not to have to blame them for anything, but to, and I realized, you know, they're getting service, and they, it's, it was just a beautiful experience, and um, that's my, that's my story for today. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Sue, compulsive overeater. Hi, Sue. 
I particularly wanted to come to this workshop because I am officially on step 10 and I've been in the program for five years now and I've been doing the steps slowly, but thank God I've been able to work on the steps. Um, and I particularly appreciate what Barbara and Randy had to say. Um, I guess what I want to share is that I'm reading the 12 and 12, OA 12 and 12 on the 10th step and it's seeming to me that some of the other steps seemed more inspiring to me, more new to me, more something to me, and maybe it's because as I was working steps one through nine, when, every, when anything would bother me a lot, my sponsor would tell me to do a 10th step. So I've had the 10th step format that she gave me, and um, periodically when something really, really bothers me, I'll do that format and I'll share it with her and I'll make amends if I have to. Um, so it doesn't seem new and, and different and exciting to me, but I know when I've done the 10th step what a difference it's made in my life. It's been, um, hate to use the word miracle lightly, but um, it's changed my attitude and it's changed how I look at others and it's changed how I look at myself. And so I know it's really important and I think I came here today wanting really the willingness to just keep on moving and, and, and work this step. And as I'm sitting here listening to everybody, I'm remembering something that happened between my husband and I yesterday, and I'm thinking, the minute I get out of this room, sit down to a test step, find my sponsor and share with her because I owe this poor man And um, it just doesn't feel good. I loved your timeline. The longer I take, when I know I have to do a 10th step, and the longer I take to do it, the absolute, you know, it's exponential. It's not just, mm -mm -mm, I feel bad. This is, I feel really, really bad if I wait. And I have a tendency to want to wait and hope it'll just go away. And it just doesn't. So I want to thank you all for being here today. Thank you. Okay, well, oh, come on. Oh. Mm -hmm. Thank, you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Hi, I'm Lillian. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, I'm sitting here and I'm listening and thinking, I have to have these admins. There's going to be something I'm pissed off about or annoyed about or things that I haven't dealt with. Because like, I hardly ever do 10 steps, as my sponsor knows. I just once in a great while, and, and I'm thinking, is it back to my fat and jolly days, you know, before this weight when you love everyone, everything is wonderful, and, and no, and sometimes now I'll get angry about things, but I think what happens, and partly I can blame the program, is somehow, now I can look at it with a different kind of perspective, like if it's a work situation where we have sort of a lot of young kids, like 25s or whatever, we just get more, about things, and the rest of us, the senior population, <laughs> right, calm down, just take a beat a minute. Just take a deep breath and just really think about it and like look at the big picture. Not, you know, this isolated little moment in time, this one little situation, but look at the bigger thing. And you sort of come to this realization that first we were pawns, really. It, uh, things happen at higher levels and they filter down, and then it's just kind of the way of the world. So you can waste a lot of energy getting to solve about it, but most of the things that don't specifically kind of relate to me. It's like situations. And so I'm sitting there and I'm searching and I'm thinking, well, no, wait a minute. Is it, you don't want to do it until you're pushing it off and saying, well, it doesn't affect me. 
where it does that it's and the choice well you know you can waste a lot of energy resenting it or you can try to change it or accept it and I'm going to say leave or deal with it but don't sit around bitching all day long because I can't stand listening to you you know I mean and then I used to say then why does she get this or what is it you know so you can quit you can deal with it but you can't keep talking about it you know and maybe some of them want to wish them give them a piece of paper say write a 10 step <laughs> so um I, I'm sure something will come to you, but I have to, I just thought I had to say, sort of getting back to the program, which I've been at 30 something years, but let's count the last 13, thank God, abstaining, and finally dealing with things, and the day to day basis, and sometimes I'll be up against the wall, you know, now I'll remember to turn it over to God, which had I done it on a daily basis, maybe I wouldn't have been at that wall. I don't know, but sometimes I'll just remember, and it's just helped so much, in dealing with situations where you're resentful of it, but, but it isn't anything specifically that you could deal with. It, it's sort of out there always. So whatever got me there, I mean, I'm very grateful to be there, and I'm really sort of tuned in and looking for times when I can make a difference, or I can change something. But very often I can't. You can just sit to help people that I'm working with who are expending a lot of energy on it. I don't know, I guess it's always just growing older in the program or whatever. It's just life. It's just living longer, you know. But thank you. It is now time to close this workshop. Please join me in a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thanks, everybody.